You excited to go back to school? Yeah, I'm sure. A little bit nervous, too. What, what makes you nervous about it? I guess it probably just feel weird since I haven't really been there because I was out for, like, half of the school year. Yeah. And the whole school knows who she is now. Yeah. <laughs> That's nine-year-old Peyton Gonzalez of Peoria, Arizona, who's heading into the fourth grade with quite a story to share. In so many ways, Peyton's like any kid her age. She loves playing volleyball and painting and breaks into a big smile anytime she talks about her pets. The way she lights up a room, it's hard to believe how much darkness she's faced head on and overcome in the past year. Welcome to the season two premiere of Banner Hell's storytelling podcast, Bedside Stories, highlighting some of the most emotionally compelling experiences that take place behind the scenes in healthcare. Today we bring you episode 10, Living Backwards. Peyton and her family were shocked to discover the young girl had a cancerous tumor on her adrenal gland, so rare it affects only about one in a million people in the U.S. each year. It also tends to be the most prevalent in adults in their mid-40s, so Peyton's age makes her case even more uncommon. Perhaps most unique of all, though, is the way Peyton and her family learned to battle the disease and emerge with a newfound perspective on everyday life. I mention that Peyton's like many other fourth graders because she's a happy-go-lucky kid. But to paint a full picture, it's worth noting there's also a much more mature side to her personality. Peyton sits up straight and thinks contemplatively before she speaks, carrying herself with lots of manners, and I know this is a lot to describe a nine-year-old, but it's true. She emanates a sense of wisdom and grace beyond her years. You know how they say some people are really old souls? That's Peyton, I'm telling you. It was around October of 2018 when Peyton's family noticed something was wrong. Here's Peyton's dad, Jake, to explain what happened. We had noticed she had started gaining a lot of weight. She probably gained like 25, 30 pounds in a few months. And she was, she's a very small kid, so it was noticeable. We thought it was, she was just going through an awkward stage, you know, because she just really was putting on weight. Um, and then she started getting, you know, some puberty signs that she shouldn't have been getting at her age. So we took her to the doctor and really thinking it was not going to be a big deal, maybe an adrenal or her a gland or something off. Or um, So they went to test her hormones and her testosterone and some other hormones were way out of whack, um, extremely high. So they sent us right away to get an MRI on her um, adrenal gland. Um, she went in the morning to get her MRI, and in less than a couple hours, they called us back and said, you need to go see an oncologist pretty quickly. The Gonzalez family took Peyton to meet with several doctors, and additional scans and tests revealed a massive tumor on her right adrenal gland. The adrenal glands are small glands on top of our kidneys and produce hormones our bodies can't live without. The tumor started there and stretched into her largest blood vessel, the vena cava, that vein carries blood from the organs in our abdomen and lower body up to our heart. Peyton's tumor was growing dangerously close to her heart. Surgeons at Cardin Children's Medical Center in Mesa, Arizona determined the necessary treatment was going to be extremely difficult and complex. For most cancers, this would be considered a non-operable tumor, meaning it can't be removed by surgery and would have to be treated with radiation and chemotherapy in the hope of shrinking it to a point where it could be taken out. But this type of cancer doesn't shrink with those treatments. Peyton's only chance of survival was to remove it. Surgeons would have to carefully take apart the tumor in sections from several areas in Peyton's body while avoiding any further injury to her organs in the process. 
They sent us home for about four or five days. We basically took our other kids out of school and had Peyton week. Anything she wanted to do all day long, every day, we did. She loves camping stuff, and so we had, you know, marshmallows and uh, campfire out in the front, you know, porch area. We went to the zoo, went all over the place. We just had a blast. Then the day came for surgery at Cardin Children's. The operation was a massive effort, involving several surgeons and experts from a wide variety of specialties, all working closely together. The surgery took a whopping 10 hours. This is because the team couldn't keep Peyton's own blood circulating the same way they normally could for a major surgery, like a heart bypass. There was too much risk that the rush of blood flow would spread minuscule pieces of the tumor through her bloodstream into other parts of her body. Complicating things further, opening that large blood vessel, the vena cava, to remove the tumor could also lead to fatal blood loss. Medical experts have learned from doing complex open-heart surgeries in babies that if you cool the entire body to 64 degrees Fahrenheit, you can temporarily remove all the blood from the body during surgery without any damage to the organs. That's what the team did for Peyton. Because the brain is the most sensitive organ that could be damaged when there's no blood circulating, the team packed the girl's head in ice to ensure her brain temperature stayed low. Using this deep hypothermia technique, the oxygen needs of her body's organs were decreased by nearly 90%. Blood flow through Peyton's body could be completely stopped for 30 minutes with an extremely low risk of organ damage. But that meant the clock was ticking. The team would have to finish removing the tumor and repair that major vein in less than half an hour. So she lay there on the table with no heartbeat, no blood flow. Um, her head was packed on ice. You know, and at this point, they're, they're warming her back up. You're kind of just wondering, like, is she going to be there the same mentally, you know, and um, just no clue. They drained her blood into the reservoir of a heart-lung bypass machine. And for 25 minutes, no blood flowed through Peyton's body. Her heart rested motionless in her chest as pediatric surgeon Dr. Stuart Lacey and his medical team diligently worked to remove the last of the tumor. He finished with minutes to spare and the team returned Peyton's blood to her system. Her heart began beating again, and her body temperature gradually rose to normal. The surgery was a success. Peyton lost four liters of blood that had to be replaced through transfusion, so much that it set a new record for the hospital. Just like everything else about her case, the child's fast recovery was highly unusual too. She spent about four days in the ICU and was able to leave the hospital in about a week. Jake says he'll never forget how overjoyed his family felt during each major step along the way. He remembers when they removed Peyton's breathing tube a few days after surgery. And actually her first words were she just, when they pulled it out and she could finally talk was she just, you know, kind of crying tears of joy saying how happy she was. Um, and then the following Sunday they pulled her chest tubes out and she didn't make a peep, didn't move. She did everything the doctors told her and the doctors were just, they said in their wildest, best hopes, their dreams for her recovery. She's blowing them out of the water beyond that. Dr. Naresh Redivala is a medical oncologist at Cardin Children's and has been treating Peyton. He explains her extraordinary recovery process. Her recovery was like so fast and um, she just like she was just like a champion um, you know I think the the good thing was like the farm family had a positive spirit and that kind of like boosted the spirit of the of the little child and she was positive throughout her entire treatment 
um and i'm very happy that um she's doing great and she just went to her uh, make a wish trip to disneyland pain said she's always thought about really deep stuff and this helped her a lot through a time of crisis one idea in particular really resonated with her she mentioned it just under her breath and my microphone almost missed it she said start from the end of your life then her dad helped explain and start coming the end of your life yeah, I told her when one of the things we were talking about, because we were getting our deep conversation, was, you know, from a book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it said, because she was, you know, we were talking about worst case scenario that if things went poorly, that there might not be a ton of time that you'd be feeling great if they went bad. And that was worst case, which neither of us agreed would happen, but just wanted to throw it out there. And best case, then, hey, there's all this, but let's plan accordingly. And, and if everything goes to the best plan, we're not going to regret it. So we talked about the time of your life and how much time she has left and what she wants to do. And, you know, I told her, well, you know, start with the end in mind. And so in the book, it says picture your funeral and picture how you want to be looked at in life. How do you want people to, to look back at you? And that is so start there and that's your roadmap backwards. So we talked about with, you know, with her, start with the end in mind. And no matter when that day comes, you know, just keep plugging along and, and we're all going to be there someday. And, and that's the best way. Gotcha. Yeah. And we're hoping the end is when she's 60, 70, sure. 80 years old. <laughs> sure. A very long time. After surgery, Peyton completed chemotherapy treatment and Dr. Redivala now has great news to share. And we have done two sets of scans uh, from the time she had started her chemotherapy that shows that she doesn't have any evidence of any tumor in her body. And we also checked the hormone levels and the hormone levels are also on the lower side, which makes it, um, which, which tells that like she is in complete remission. About 90% of children who have the same type of cancer as Peyton also have a very rare genetic condition which makes them especially prone to getting cancer of many kinds in the future. Her tests show this is true for her. But knowing about the high potential for the disease is immensely helpful, as doctors at Cardin Children's and Banner Thunderbird Medical Center in Glendale, Arizona, will continue keeping a close eye out for any signs or symptoms moving forward. Do you feel like a different person now after everything that you went through? Um, yeah. And how, in what way? You feel stronger? Yes. The family says Peyton's whole outlook has changed since winning the battle against cancer. She just so much more opened up, so much more appreciative. Um, at one point, she was getting so many toys and so many things, she didn't want to keep getting them because she said she felt like she couldn't appreciate it. And she wanted to know how she could learn to appreciate stuff, even though she was getting so much of it, more than she could use. And, you know, what kid asked that? Wow. And yeah. so I told her, give it away. Give right. it to other people. Peyton's been busy since her surgery, to say the least. Before coming to Cardin for treatment, she was briefly treated at another healthcare organization that turned out to be outside her insurance network's coverage. The bill from that particular visit was much more than the family expected. I heard my mom and dad like saying about the bills of, um, like the medical bills, and I felt bad for them because they didn't really have enough money, kind of thing, and. So I was painting, and then I was like, I talked to my dad, and I asked him, can I sell my paintings, like, to raise money? And he was like, and he felt really bad, and then he started thinking about it, and he was like, yeah, that could inspire her or something. 
at first I said no, and eventually I thought it was a great thing because she could feel like she was helping, and it just kind of really turned into a big thing. Peyton's also using a portion of those proceeds to help other kids at Cardin Children's who are battling cancer. The community rallied to support the family too. One of Peyton's nine-year-old classmates even decided to spend his birthday running a fundraising booth in his neighborhood. You know, and so it just kind of started a little bit of almost like a movement, I guess you could say, and we had so many people that were so touched. I asked Peyton what kind of advice she would give other kids going through cancer. I would say don't be wor worried and you'll get through it soon. That's good advice. Be positive. Yeah, be positive. Yeah, it helps a lot when you having a bad day to try to just think positive. And yeah. be grateful for every day. You know, everywhere we go, people stop us and they just, they tell her that, you know, she's glowing and they can see God in her. It's crazy, this whole experience. We've kind of really tried to make the best of it. You know, Peyton's nine going on 30 sometimes, you know, the way she thinks. And we've almost looked at it in some crazy way as this cancer has been a blessing to us because it's changed her life so much. She's a different person and it's changed all of our lives and we kind of appreciate every day and every moment and when the times get tough I honestly I say I think about her and she's my hero. I I want to be more like her. For Banner Health I'm Corey Schubert and this is Bedside Stories. If you like the episode you might consider subscribing to this podcast. You can also check out all of our previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. By the way, if you'd like to see some of Peyton's artwork, you can visit our website, throughpeytonseyes.com. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. We'd like to specially recognize the surgical team who treated Peyton. This includes doctors Stuart Lacey, Randall Fortuna, Heidi Cox, Jonathan Greenfield, and Shad Misseldine, anesthesiologist Kelly Scoggins, NP, Eric Splatter, PA, and perfusionist Jordana Newberger. Bedside Stories is written and produced by Corey Schubert. Production support is provided by Eric Joel LaFuente, David Lozano, Charles Kelhoffer, and Ralph Lopez. For more information about Banner Health, visit us online at bannerhealth.com.